¿Qué onda, primos y primas and primes? And welcome back to my primos podcast. My name is Primo Freddy, and welcome to the show. And with me tonight is my prima and yours, Elia Maria. Say what's up, Elia. What's up, Elia? You're better than Kevin, at least. <laughs> well, Kevin Garcia hey. is out. Uh, and Chikuma is out in the tundras. You know, he's, he's a nomad. Uh, yep. But with us tonight, we have a special guest. A return. We didn't scare him away, everybody. Uh, Mr. John Avina from Avina Comics. Say what's up, John. What's up, John? How's it going? Ah, hey. otro, otro, otro. Really, man. <laughs> you guys gotta come with something original, you know? Like, seriously. We're what? just following directions. You, know? you said. <laughs> yeah, man. Don't be so literal. Don't be so literal. I'd rather oh. you interrupt me like you usually do. You know? <laughs> then, then, this then what have, I was like. <laughs> then do the Kevin Garcia. You know what I mean? Speaking of <laughs> Kevin Garcia. Uh, Primos, of course, go check out uh, Primo Kevin's Kickstarter that's live right now, worldswarcomics.com. Of course, check Kickstarter for World War Comics. Uh, you know, his comic book is out there. We want to support him. Definitely, definitely, definitely go check out Kevin yeah. Garcia underscore com as well for more details. But tonight, Primos, we have John here. We're talking about some of his new work. I'm a fan of his stuff. You guys know that. He was one of my top guys last year that I really recommended you guys check out. And uh, John, you know, for those that don't know you, that just, you know, stumbled upon this interview and go, man, who's this John Avina cat? So tell everybody who you are and what you do. So I'm John Avina. I'm a comic book writer and mortician from Chicago. I wrote uh, Lock John Pistolero, Lucha Forever, Americana, Cinema Muerte. And this year we have out uh, Loteria, Familiar Dungeons, Mile High Fright, and oh Dead God. Man's Marquee. Yeah, wow. dude, yeah, busy look at two this, man. Like all these merit badges you across your chest, man. <laughs> really? yeah. Seriously, dude, mortician. That, like, that's I want just on a this year, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so far. I should be in your card. It's be mortician slash comic book writer slash creator slash, slash ender photographer. <laughs> Listen, it's true. Yeah. It's true, man. That's the way to do it. Diversify the Avina name, yeah. you know. But. John, let's it's talk about some of, some of the, the the stuff here that, that you mentioned, right? Uh, I'm a big fan of Americana. I love horror. I love the grittiness of that book, 1986, as well as the uh, the original one. And a lot of the stuff you've written, man, we talked about it last time, where Latinos love horror. Latinos have a have something have like some some invisible vein in us, man, that we just we just get attracted to it, and we're not we don't shy away from it. And you don't, but you also have a great way of presenting it to, to fans that. It's very consumable. It's not over the top, but it hits right there if someone that can appreciate good horror, man. So I want to just applaud you. And you. I want to talk about your, your one of your latest books, uh, Dead Man's Marquee. Oh, we got a chance to read it. Elia did as well. Yeah. Um, let me gush a little bit because, <laughs> dude, I dig, the, I dig the style of the story. I'm not going to give away much because it's one of these books that you should really check out. But we'll do like a bird's eye you know, view of it. Um, can yeah. you give us the pitch? So that way, that way we can kind of talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So Dead Man's Marquis follows a writer who has stolen another person's tragedy and is turning a profit from it. So uh, now that he's sitting at the peak, uh, he realizes that the person that he stole this idea from isn't dead and he's out for revenge. So it's a it's a really Dude. fun one. And it's so good. it's like. 
a Twilight <laughs> Zone episode. And I'm like, what the yeah. hell? Like, this, like, it's so cool. Elia, what were your thoughts? Because I'm going to just kind of go nuts on my end. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So, uh, first of all, I love, like, the noir aspect of it all. I'm a sucker for that stuff. So, <laughs> I was like, all right, this is the setting. Let's go. And also, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there were multiple moments where my jaw was just like, and then also moments where I was like cheering, like, heck yeah, get him, you know? <laughs> um, it, it's it's like the, the story and the message of it all is something that I feel like I could yell to like a crowd of so many people. Um, and I think as a Latina person, I like, I was just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, get him. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Uh, clearly I'm, I'm ready for like the next installment. <laughs> so, um, but it's going to be so enjoyable for if, if this is someone's first like introduction to your works, they're going to want to pick up more um, because it's that great. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a book I've gotten a lot of feedback on. So that's why I was really? like, Oh, I got it. Yeah. Cause uh, <gasps> like a lot of my books come from like personal stuff, but that one Ooh. came from, I wanted to do a Zorro story. Like I wanted to write Zorro. So I had a whole pitch and I submitted it to the the owners of Zorro because I thought he was a public domain, but he's owned by a few different companies. So you got to like Ooh. jump your hoops. So yeah. I was talking to one of them and uh, I can talk, I can tell you my Zorro pitch because like they rejected it. So oh. basically it was uh, Zorro goes into retirement. You see like this big final fight. He saves the day. He falls off the bridge. And you think he's gone forever. It cuts to a little like Pueblito town in like the Texas border area. And you see a guy getting ready for his daughter's quinceanera. So they got like the the like Manteles up. You see him like setting up around town. And it's very obvious that this man is Zorro, but he's learning to live a normal life. So mm. there's an old man there telling the story that we just saw about Zorro's like final adventure. And all the kids are going crazy. And then this lady goes up to the the husband to Zorro and says like like well that's behind you like focus on today, so he is like well where's my daughter, and then you see her with like a little gun like shooting cans off like a fence post, because she's very much like she's the son that Zorro thought he wanted, but he has a son who's more like the mom who's more like into books into like the people and the daughter's more like him like ready to punch the first guy that steps out of line. <laughs> the army shows up and the army is run by like a corrupt general and it ends up, they crash the quinceanera. It all falls apart. The wife gets killed. So Zorro dons the mask again, but this time with his daughter and son. Oh, and and it's a magnificent. They didn't take it. it. Uh, That's blasphemy. (laughs) I want to see it. So it, it turns into like a magnificent seven story. Like the army's like, we're gonna come back in two weeks and we're gonna take out anyone that doesn't turn this man over. So he gets a bunch of like his old teammates together. Like I have like this whole um like Zorro continuity thing. So one of them are like those uh folkloria dancers, but at the oh, ends of yeah. her dress are little blades. So like oh, while she, oh, cool. she like cuts up a room, there's like a whole like, like, a really right? cool character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Guadalajara. So yeah, ah! there you go. <laughs> yeah, so a lot oh, of that kind of. Katie Phoenix, you know it. the La Brava universe. She has a folkloric yeah. dancer, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I wanted to do that, and they sent me this really long rejection letter, just kind of saying like, "No, like you don't own the right. We don't want to see this oh. anywhere else." So I started looking wow. up Zorro because I was like, "There's got to be someone that can help me with Zorro." Yeah, and I yeah. looked, and then I found out about that Joaquin. 
uh, I think Marquez is the last name, but he was like the, the, the soul. He like, he had a house, he had a wife, he had a brother and somebody came, like the American army came after the war said like, Oh, you don't live here anymore. And then they killed the wife, killed the brother. And then he went out on revenge. Like there's a real person yeah. that they based oh, wow. Zorro on. So I was like, oh, they took his story of a a Mexican guy fighting back against the U.S. Army, and then they changed it to a a Spaniard fighting it back against the Mexican Army. I was like, oh, now it's copyright. Yeah. 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 My God. Of course. (laughs) This story was all my anger about, like, you can't take, like, this raw passion that this guy had and an actual cause of being displaced. And then just like somebody from Wisconsin's making a profit off of it, yeah. Because like their great great grandpa took someone else's story and just sugarcoated it for like, man, that's audience. isn't that just like, like oh. now another example, right? Yeah. Another example <laughs> yeah. of just exactly. stories being stolen. You know, like who who yeah. is like I'm 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 kind of uh, by it because there was a new Zorro that came out right on Prime, and I started yeah. seeing that one involves a native. A native tribal Zorro, you know, Native American yeah. Zorro and whatnot, and went that route. Okay, and then but we still got that super white Zorro at the end, the Spaniard one. You know, we still got that. Yeah. But when you hear the story, that it's 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 more than that. You know, the Latino Zorro is one of these things that you kind of look back at and go like, "Wow, why isn't that bigger than what it should be?" Right? Like Zorro at one yeah. time was like the shit, and it kind of just yeah, like fizzled away. And I'm like, damn, like. There were rumors that what there was supposed to be the rumor about the Rama was supposed to be Zoro for a while. Yeah. That, is, yeah. that didn't happen. And so now here we are. And I was like, what the hell? But I don't know. I'd read your Zoro. I'd watch your Zoro. I <laughs> yeah, would definitely invest Now we have Dead Man's Marquee, right? And hey. Dead Man's Marquee is 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 my Zoro. So it's a tale of revenge. It's like Phantom of the Opera, but with like Latino representation in it. <laughs> So, no man, it's and, cool. And I mean, then, the writing behind it, not yeah. to take it away. Like, I don't want to take away beats from it, but the art is great. Talk about who helped with the art. Yeah, so he's really new to me. So um, I didn't get a chance to meet this artist. Like, really, there I wanted that Mike Mignola Hellboy um kind Ooh. of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was asking around, I was like, does anyone know anyone that can do this? So then they, they sent me the link, and uh, his name is Fred Marino. And I was just like, all right, man, like, this is the story. It gets real weird. It gets real bleak. <laughs> but like, like, if you stay with me, it has an ending. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not the kind of story that you walk away happy from. I was like, but it's got an ending that uh, like, I really want to tell because it's like real Phantom of the Opera. And yeah. I pitched it to him and he was like, how many issues? So it'll be a three issue like miniseries. Okay. So I was okay. just like, this is what I have. And we're on issue two now. So it is coming out. Yeah, but it, dude, yeah, you are outselling Ilya, like, and everybody talks about it. I mean, I know you said you don't, you should come to Texas. I'm just telling you that you got you got fans <laughs> here, man. But um, look in the community, like, they're like, dude, this John Avina cat, like, he bangs these things out, like, yeah. he is nonstop on these things. Like, what's that work ethic come from, man? Is it just that, like, you got so much you want to get out on, on out there in the world? What is it? Yeah, I want to. I always feel it's like that musical Hamilton. Like, yeah. you write, like you're running out of time. Elia would know. Oh, yeah. I got that going on. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like at any moment, someone's just going to take this away from me. So I got to get as much out before that happens. So right. I'm chasing myself. 
basically. I'm I'm going till that time catches up, but I want to get as many of these stories out. And we have like two other really cool things planned, but uh, Lucha Forever we actually found a partner for now. So issue <gasps> oh, two is already like well into production. So that'll be out soon. Cause people ask me a lot, like what's Lucha forever's deal. I'm like, oh, I'm working at it. So they picked up that one and La Llorona. So I get to tell those two stories side by side. Nice. That's cool, man. That's all you did there, Llorona. And you, can you talk about that a little bit? I think you mentioned one of the, well, was it inspired by a friend of yours? Am I understanding that? Yeah. So Llorona, I have a lot of, my sister was super goth growing up. Like my <laughs> older sister, so she was into like anything that looked like military, anything black. Like I watched the movie The Craft over and over, and uh, oh, like movie. Hocus Pocus or not Hocus, yeah Hocus Pocus, all those uh, yeah. kind of like movies. So I was like, I want to do that for my sister, but I have a friend named Rose, and she's like the she cosplayed as La Llorona, and we did like a whole photo shoot, a whole thing, and she's got that personality. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna write it. I know these two girls that. I'm making it just for them, but I think other girls are going to see it and be like, oh, she's a badass. Like, cool. It's not like a love story. There's never going to be a love story for her because it's more of just like getting the work done is her goal. And it, it's not really about like who goes with her. It's about her doing it. So I was writing that one and I was like, well, I got a wrestler story already. How can I tie in Yorona to that? So I found a way to do it. So I set it in like the 90s so I can still do that grunge aesthetic. And just yeah. I brought it in and it was it's been a lot of fun. And a lot of people ask me like, oh, Yorona, like I kind of want more of her and Guillermo and all that stuff. So I'm working on it. But yeah, I, I have issue two already like ready to go. Nice. You yeah. know, like That's when you write so women, cool. man, like in your book, uh, I've noticed that they don't take just back seats, man. They're pretty yeah. pivotal in almost every of the books. Yeah, I, I grew up with a single mom, so. I don't know the girls that cry over like boys because my mom's rule to my sister was like, if a guy upsets you, you got like a week to get over it because you got to move on. Like the world's not going to wait for you. Mm -hmm. So I, but I picked up on all these things because it was just my mom and my older sister and me. So it was just like, okay, like my sister could kick my butt. My sister's six two <laughs> and I'm not. Heck so yeah. like, and, yeah. <laughs> So it was always like, I want to mess with her, but like she can keep me at an arm's distance. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, like I took from the, and mom was a mariachi singer. So like she would take us to clubs and stuff. And it was kind of like, look out for each other. So whenever I write women, I, I don't write it from like a place of like, like that kind of weird, creepy. Like if you read an old noir paperback where the guy's yeah. always writing, oh, and she like jiggled while sitting on it. I was like, ah, that's weird. But like, yeah. I, I, try to think of that while I'm writing like it's still fun to have like sexualized moments and stuff because like that's mm -hmm. a part of life but yeah. don't overdo it like just yeah if it's gonna happen because it's it's my first time writing like a sex scene too was in dead man's marquee hey I had, yeah I didn't yeah. I had never written that before yeah <laughs> but I like I wrote it and I gave it to my wife and I was like yo just look this over because like I don't want to be weird or anything yeah and she was like you feel weird because it's your first time writing it I was like yeah she was like it's fine. She's like, hey. it's one page, dude. Like, you're fine. I was like, right. I don't know, Elia. Let me ask you. Uh, yeah. So, I write women a lot. Like, I, have, I grew up. So I don't have any brothers. I have all sisters. I have four sisters, and so I yeah. have a lot of, of, of women around me. That was a write yeah. up, and I really, he might as well have just been part of the furniture. Yeah. But um, 
when I when I write women, I always feel Johnny you can chime in after but I want to see what Elia thinks because you know, a woman and you know, I have I have yet to ask her this question. But when I write a woman, I second guess myself so much because I don't want to fall into that camp. Like, you know, like John says, like, oh, am I yeah. am I over sexualizing it or am I underplaying it? Is it do I look at the Bechtel test, you know, that stuff too? Like is that something to really like sit down and look at? I mean, what's your take on this whole? I mean, when when because this is a conversation we had a little bit earlier, the right people writing these stories. Men can yeah. write women, women can write men, et cetera. I mean, there's nothing about that. But what do you feel about men writing women and how they've been written in the past, especially in comics uh, and in animation? Yeah, no, um, it's, you know, it's it's been men who have not been around women, yeah. real women, <laughs> um, that, uh, and so they don't know how to describe those kind of things. They just have like the superficial like outlook of it all. Um, I have seen, and like y'all as examples, um, men or, or male presenting people who have grown up surrounded by women, who are surrounded by positive female presence, do write them better because they have better experiences with them. And that's that's just like being able to write something, I feel like is you're writing also from your own perspective of experience. So if a guy all the, if all the experience a guy has talking to women is, hey girl, how you doing? <laughs> then that's how the writing's gonna feel. Um but if there's been genuine like understand I think understanding is also something to go hand in hand with it. Is if you haven't had those experiences, take time to understand the experiences. Um I think that's something that I, I feel like it's getting better uh lately in both comics and film and everything um but there are definitely things that should be a little bit looked over um before and i'll use um the 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 marquee comic as an example every woman in that comic i didn't feel was being forced in a, some kind of box they they had their kind of like set job they had their set purpose i empathized with the right ones i was like girl i get it but like come on with certain other ones but that's how they're written that's how they're supposed to be which was the correct way there was no form of like oh 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 god that's wrong um so yeah that that's good on you but i i do think in general the human experience helps learn or helps teach how you write um whether you experience it or you take time to understand it Oh, thank you. I really I take away from that because I'm like when I'm writing these characters, I'm like, I'll yeah. even read books that are written by women that talk about that that nature, right? Like, especially with like an example, like you said, like a sex scene, right? And we'll talk about that. And I'm like, am I am I overstepping it? But then when I read some of these novels that these women read, I'm like, oh shit, like, let me, <laughs> woo, right? Like, whoa, like so I was it's moderating. Tough, but, Sorry, I was moderating a book account for my wife. Like she runs a Facebook page where it's just it's a lot of women talking about books, but I worked at a Barnes Noble for 10 years. So I was like, I can't handle this. Yeah. So I was there to give recommendations. But like some of the recommendate, like they're like, Oh, I read this book. All right, let me look it up. I look it up, I was like, Jesus Christ, like it's porn. <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then like my wife got really into like fantasy novels. So I was like, oh sweet. Like, all right, we could talk Lord of the Rings now, all these other books. And she's like, no, you gotta read these. And I'm reading it, and it's like small, fragile girl who kicks butt, and it's always like the wrong guy she falls in love with. It's the same formula for all of it. And I was kind of joking about it. I was just like, you know, it's almost like a dude wrote it because like every other time mm. it's her changing into the armor, and then the guy walks into the room as like the armor's <laughs> going on. And I was like, hot man. That's yeah, what it is. I was what just it is. like, I know what's happening. 
And my wife will be like, that's such a small part of it. And then I'll see her like go through her Kindle. I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Right, right. Yeah, yeah it's bookmarked. It's bookmarked, but yeah, for research. Highlight. <laughs> like, and then like everyone shares fan art there. And it's just like, you just see all the fan art. I'm like, God damn like yeah. i was worried about my page like okay i mean tell me guys you you, you both are artists Elia yourself yeah. you have your original characters and, and john too but are you are you rule 34 in your stuff to see if like anybody just went crazy and just made it made it where it shouldn't be made a naughty version of your stuff because it's out there man you never I'm know i'm not as prominent yet so i don't have my opportunity <laughs> <laughs> We'll see I mean, after other stuff comes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna sure. like kink shame people, like do your thing or whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah. I do get a lot of guys that are like, "Oh, you should do a like a Jimena variant." I was like, "Oh, I have one." Mm. They're like, "No, like another one." I was like, "Look, <laughs> calm down." Another like, another cool. one. Another yeah, one. <laughs> I was like, all these characters, even the bad guys, are my babies. Like, <laughs> yeah, like right, slow, slow yeah, roll, man, yeah. Yeah, some guy's making an action figure of Lockjaw right now. Like, he's oh, making, like, cool. a custom one. So, like, he found me through TikTok. I was like, this is amazing. But he was like, oh, I could do Jimena and all the other ones. And I was like, let's see how Lockjaw goes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Hey. yeah, I was like. You end up like those Bishamon, you know, yeah. at the anime conventions where you're like, you have to cover <laughs> up. I'm like, yeah, you want to buy yeah. it, you got to buy it, cover it up in a box, in a bag, in a brown paper bag, sneak out yeah. the back with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've always thought someone told me once, like, hey, if someone's really making fan art, hey, you, you, you've arrived, especially that yeah. art. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to take a, take a little left turn here. Uh, John, John, you mentioned earlier, morticians slash comic book writer slash photographer, you wear many hats. And you literally came from, do you call it an event, a service, a job? Like, a what do you call this? Yeah, I went... Uh... In Illinois, we call them like wakes, like you're waking the dead. So it's it's like a presentation of the body to the family. So in the morning, we dress them. I place them in their casket. I went through the rest of my workday. And then from three to seven was the visitation. But Latinos aren't good at saying goodbye to each other. So they always yeah. do that thing mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll see you later. Hey, what happened with work? And then they talk in the like the lounge for like 40 minutes. I'm like, Hey guys, like we got to go. I got to close this building up. Like we got to go. Um, <laughs> so it's a lot of that, but uh, I always joke like, cause I got to turn off all the lights. And a lot of times I'm too tired to like pay attention. I'm just like turning off lights. But today I was locking up and I was like joking. I was like, Oh, this would probably scare someone else. And as I was turning it, the doors behind me that like closed by the casket shook a little bit cause of the wind. Mm-mm. And I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm still, I'm still mortal. Like I'm still afraid of. You can still get. You can still. You can still get scared. Cause I'm all about that, man. Like I love people telling me wonky stories, crazy stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Like what's something that's maybe kind of, hey man, it's just some weird shit that I saw or experienced or whatever. Because when you say you're a mortician, do you like? I mean, do you embalm the 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 body too, or you just yeah? What do you, so what does it entail? My mom's a, a full-fledged funeral director. like So I work with her. So she does the embalming. So like me and her will turn bodies. She does like... Uh, so to just to show you guys. So to do it, you cut right here. And then you can pull the Take artery up. Yeah. You pull the artery right? up. And it's like as thin as like a, a strand of spaghetti. The artery. So you put one hook up, one hook down. And then you tie it with like a piece of ilo. So it's stuck. 
and then you inject up for like five seconds, like one, 1,000, two, 1,000, because there's so much pressure that it goes into that. And the whole time you're massaging the body as you're going to make sure that there's, because you don't have a, a pulse. So there's no I way for it smiling. to move. Going. Yeah. It's, it's cool, right? Yeah. So you got to yeah. do, you got to massage the head, turn it off, because if you don't turn it off, the eyes pop out. That's what I was going to ask you. Like if you yeah. do too much, there's something, do they pop out? Yep. The eyes, the eyes will come out. So, and you're screwed if that happens. So you got to just count it, turn it off, take it out, let that sit. So you're on a block, like they're laying down on a block. So the chin's up. So that way it all sits and flows. And then you shoot down. And then when you shoot down, it goes through. But the hard part is if it hits a blood clot, it literally clogs the, where the, the fluid comes through the uh, formaldehyde. So then you got to grab um, a long, like, palo, like a little stick, and you go in and you just poke it out, or you can pull it out with tweezers, but they're, like, super long. And then you pull them out, and they look like uh, worms, like real thin. Oh, like rat tails? Blood. That's what a blood Like yeah, a really a long rat tail? Like. Yeah. Oh, my god! So you pull it out, and then you just Having keep pumping it until it goes through. And then people get pink again. So everyone's always worried about like rigor mortis and stuff that breaks yeah. after a couple of hours, or you can break it manually, like turning the body around. So, so you cool. break Dude. the rigor mortis that way the hands are pliable. Cause you always have to have the hands like crossed over the body. Yeah. It's like a sign of respect. So you got to do that. So then um, after all that's done, you got to stitch it up. So you got to go from like here up, but not so high that the family can see it. It's got to be able to hide mm. under a shirt. Okay. So we always tell the family, like, you got to wear dress shirts or just a high collar. Mm. And it's always terrible because, like, if it's a younger girl that dies, the family will give them, like, a V-cut mm. thing because they're like, oh, she liked this. And I was like, you can see the the scar for what I had to do. I was like, she can't wear it. We got to give her, like, a, a wrap or something Dang. to do it. Okay. And most bodies, <clears throat> a fun fact, are in a plastic suit underneath their clothes. Why? So you don't leak. I was in a zone. <laughs> yeah. If you got a, if you got like a hole or something from like, um, like a needle, if you Stab. went to a doctor, anything. We get, we've had gunshot, like we've done some murder cases, and gunshot wounds and stuff. Like you can stitch them, you can clog them up. There's these like a uh, little rubber stoppers that you can put into a body. Yeah. So you use the trocar buttons, you put them in, and they hold like pretty solid. But if any fluid gets out, like I can smell it now. It smells almost like gasoline. So if I walk past the body and I smell it, I was like, they're leaking. Oh no. Because we ship we ship a lot of bodies to Mexico. So when we yeah. do that, like they gotta be <clears throat> perfect. Cause the in the plane with the pressure, it all yeah. comes out. So, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, my so, dad told me that sometimes when he's in the services that I don't know if it's someone did the job the job wrong or or something that they burp. Yeah, that the body ends oh. up burping in the middle the of the other... service. Oh my gosh! The other Ellie, I don't end up burping. You burp in the afterlife. <laughs> my legacy. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to turn a body the other day because I had to clean underneath them. So uh, I'm used to it, right? So I turned yeah. it, and then I just heard, and I was like, "Oh, that's oh. weird," because usually it's like a solid burp. <laughs> But then I went to turn them down, and luckily, I like the head was right here, like I was further south. So when I did that, all of it came out of the mouth and just flew out. Ah! The mouth. So I was I like, you know, the day. 
<laughs> oh, so many times I'm just like, I'm going to my office and no one talked to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh man. Day. Yeah. Hey. I had plans yeah. on like a Friday. Yeah. So there was like a Friday. I got dressed for work. Like I was actually dressed up because I had plans afterwards and I wasn't supposed yeah. to be in the lab. There were no plans. I went to go check in a body because a uh, funeral home was bringing a body for me to look at. And when I opened it, there was like so much fluid in the body that it spilled out right onto my pants, onto my shoes, onto no. everything. But it went into my shoes. No. So you know, like, <laughs> when, when you step into a puddle. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I've had these shoes for like two days. I was like, <gasps> you're literally no. stepping on somebody's toes. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. man! Or when you pick them up from the medical examiner, because the medical examiner they need to know what's what why a person died, so they're not yeah. delicate. They get in a body because mm -hmm. they need answers. So then when we get them, it's like you open it and you the this is gonna get gross. So when yeah, you when you I open mean we're, the bag, we're there. Yeah, you know when like when you pick up tripas from like a like a butcher shop or something like yeah. you go to the Kennedy city, it's that initial smell. But with like a porter potty. Oh. So it's just like, whoa. Oh. So you open uh, the bag and it's just earthly. Like it's just guttural. Oh. And you try to hide it because wow. sometimes the family's there, like, because they want to oh, know. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I got to see it. So then I open the cool. bag. I go like that. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> Close it. Yeah. My dad, man, <laughs> told me that there's, no. there's certain people, like people that are, what do you call them? Romanese? Uh, uh, they're, Gypsies, I don't want to miss say. Oh, Romney, say that. Romney show? Romney show, yeah. Like, yeah. They, they are very particular because they sit there and they yeah. watch them work. They, they watch the yeah. body. They watch everything. Like, there's my oh. dad can't even, if he has to do something down there, for example, or do some work around yeah. the casket, they're like, don't, don't, they don't let my dad get near it. They, they're really protective of it. Like, have you seen stuff like that? Um, yeah, we did one for a person from Ghana. So traditionally we do mostly Mexicans because that's just like who finds us. Yeah. Uh, but we did one for them and like the women were there while mom was embalming and I wasn't allowed to help, but they would hand her the instruments and stuff because it's very much like the women take care of the women in that group. So like mm -hmm. no men were allowed any, the men had to go pray in one room while the women worked in the other, oh, but they wow. like got her dressed, did all that. They were very specific on everything like we couldn't do anything they even brought in their old people to do the makeup and stuff because like we weren't allowed to do it they had to do it and then That's we've done cool, some... though, i mean to see the different i mean i'm sure you've seen multiples mostly mexican or latino right but yeah i think it's kind of cool man to see kind of how every you know part of the world does their traditions especially in someone's yeah. past yeah like i do weddings too so for weddings it's always fun because like i get to see how different cultures celebrate and then for funerals, I get to see how they mourn. And some, like Latinos, it's, you could tell the groups, like the ones that are really there to mourn will be up front mourning. But then everyone else is using it as like a, a time to celebrate the person. Like there's always shots. There's always people eating, drinking, whatever. It's like the back room is a party. The front room is to cry. And then they kind of rotate throughout. So I know how Latinos mm -hmm. work for that. But when you see some of the other cultures, it's very much like uh, they go, they they look at the body, they notice that they're dead, and then they leave. Dead. Like I do, like when we make do one sure. for, like, and stuff. Yeah, the wettos will go to just to check in, make sure they're dead, to catch up. But it's always small talk, like how you yeah. doing, how are the kids, great. 
I got to go. I'm like, you've been here for 10 minutes. And they're like, yeah, well, we saw him. He's dead. And you're like, yeah, the next one. that's what they do. Yeah, well, No, because um, most of the funerals I've been to in the past, like five years have been Caucasian funerals. And that's very much the sentiment. You go to a Mexican funeral. We're there for hours. Like we got like we got yeah. the we got the cry you, fest. We got the guiso. We got that. There might be mariachis later to celebrate legacy. Like, who knows? We like, had a mariachi today. I was yeah, like, well, out. <laughs> yeah, like I was getting into it, and then right. I was like, "Oh, this took a sad turn." <laughs> like the songs. Oh, yeah, oh no! They'll, they'll come into like Guadalajara, Guadalajara. I'm like, hey. yeah. And then it's like, um, oh, what's, there's like this new, Volver, yeah, there's like a song. It's like a guy and a girl singing it, but it's talking about like I'll see you in the afterlife. And I'm like, every time I hear it at awake, I'm like, yo, keep it together. Mm. Like, you're Yay. professional. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're professional. It's like, yo te, yeah, it's like, yo te extra or something. And I was, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, no. I'm from El Salvador, right? And every time we've had a funeral, people are playing poker and eating bread with cafe. And we yeah. do it for three days. What's a vibe? Oh, really? Like, people, they, 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 for three days. And okay, it's in like in the house, or you know, at a, yeah. I don't know if you know, but I've been to houses when we have the casket there, and people have their cards yeah. out, they're playing yeah. poker, and the moratitos right there, and people are talking, yeah. eating pan. There are some that get out a little wild, but it's like three days of just like, hey, let's play some cards, let's drink, let's talk about this cat, and yeah. wrap it up, you know. But yeah. that's how I grew up. Yeah. In Mexico, because I've been to funerals in Mexico, you're so you die within four hours, you're dressed again and you're in a glass casket. Like the, the edges yeah. are wooden, but the viewing from like the waist up is glass. Mm -hmm. And like they, they measure you to the casket. Like here we don't. We have general sizes. There you're measured to your casket. So you're like not moving at all. But you're in a house for like 24 hours yeah. just there. And then the next day they walk you like on the shoulder to your burial spot. And then you're there. Like yeah. you go to mass and then you go there. And yeah. It's really cool to see. Cause in Mexico, it's like an actual celebration of death. And then everyone like mourns the people that were lost and stuff. So it's super cool. And then in here, you still get a little bit of it. Like the Grito thing. There was one, the guy was, it was, it was sad. The guy was like 34. So he was like my age. And he died Ooh. suddenly. Like he had cancer, beat it, died of a heart attack. So no. it was like bam, bam. But the the wife had beaten cancer too. So like they went through chemo together. They met. They fell in love. It was like the sweetest story ever. And like you can usually tell the people that are fake crying versus real crying. Mm -hmm. She was crying, and the mom was crying. So I was like, okay, this is gonna be a rough one. We got to the burial, and I have four sisters, so or five sisters. So I'm like. I have a bigger family. I have five sisters and two brothers. So when the casket was going down, I had to like get in the, like the ground to pull the sisters out because now that they took care of the mom wow. and the wife, it was their turn to cry. And I was like, this is usually reserved for like Mexico when I see it. But here is like, they were grabbing chunks of earth and pulling it out with them. Cause they, they didn't want to say bye. So I was like, well, that's making it into a story for sure. I was like, this there is, you, it has to, it yeah. has to man. Or you could take this one that my dad told me one time that they had a fresh grave buried up and security is required, right? In, in the, in, especially because in LA and it was a gangbanger, a gang member. Oh. And 
And these guys, they went and got the body out and they were yeah. just holding up the corpse. And the security came up and they found them just like drinking with the corpse, like hanging out with him, taking pictures and just being with him. Like they are not letting go of these yeah. cats. So that that's happened a lot when my dad tells me. That's yeah. that's kind of the thing. You should use that in a story. You go ahead and have that one. <laughs> we like we did girls. one. And it was like a you go girl moment. We did one. It, the sister was in a gang. She OD'd. The 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 older sister now was raising that lady's daughter. So she was already pissed. And like every time I had to talk to her, she fucking hated me. But I understood why she was mad. Like I was taking care of her sister. Her sister had died. She's now responsible for a child. All this stuff. At the wake, it was just the immediate family. So I was like, all right, cool. I don't have to worry about nothing. And then I saw a guy come around the corner and he had a big hoodie on. So mm -hmm. I was just like, I was like, don't like just assume he's cool. Yeah. Right. But then you see the colors popping out of the bottom. Cause in okay. Chicago, it's a lot of yellow and black are usually yeah. like the more gang colors. So I saw that peeking out and I was like, all right, well, like just as he's, he's here to mourn cause he's wearing something over it. Like 40 guys show up and now it's, they're drinking and it was at a church. So the, and in Chicago, there's no security. There should be. There's not. So they're drinking. They're partying. The sister gets up to say goodbye because now I got to close the casket because I'm like, I got to get my people out of here. Yeah. So we close the casket. I'm sealing it up. The sister's like giving her eulogy and she's calling each one of them out. She was like, uh, you weren't there for her. You weren't there for her. Why are you crying? You put her here. I know you. I hate you. And I was like, good for you. But like, you're not scared. Like, <laughs> right. Like, uh... yeah. Like one of Dang. our guys has a like, concealed carry. And I was like, Victor, if something happens, like we're dead before you get to your gun. Like it's Chicago. Chill. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fine. I can talk our way out of this. Like put it away. But like that girl didn't care. She's like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I was like, God damn. That's like you go girl, but also, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was just like, Oh, but there's a lot of that where like the family will be like, Oh, he was associated, but he wasn't in the gang. I'm like, just don't let them show up. Don't tell them. Somebody tells yeah. them, I'm about to close that casket. And I just hear him say, like, yo, that's my boy. You're not going to do that. You can't close Ooh. it. And I'm like, oh, I, I have to close it. Like, I, I this is closing today. Like, what's going on? I was like, you guys want, like, 10 minutes? They're like, yeah. I come back. The body's covered in liquor. Like, not even bottles. Just, like, they poured it on him. Poured on him. Yeah. And I was like, yo, his mom's got to see him one more time. And she's like, she knows her son. This is fine. Uh so, oh. so then the mom goes in there, starts crying, says bye, sees the friends, and you just see like piss. And I was like, oh. yeah. Oh. Like those oh, ones are it happens, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that. Chicago. <laughs> like it, it's it's a lot. Like and we try to get out of them. Like they'll call and I'll be like, Oh, what's the manner of death? And they're like, they're at the medical examiner. I was like, for what? Uh, and they'll mm. be like, they were shot. And then I like I'm on Google already looking up the guy's name, looking up shot, looking up his neighborhood. Oh, OK. And, yeah. and then I'm just so like, you can actually like, hey, we're not interested. Kind of. So you either price them out like you price fucking sky high, crazy, crazy just to get them out of the room. Or you tell them we will do it. But our rule for our funeral home is there has to be police presence. If there's over a certain amount of people. Yeah, And then that usually scares them away. Sometimes it doesn't. And then that sucks because there is no police presence. You lied. 
Yeah. But Dang. you're just like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. So you just yeah. got to take them as they come. A lot of times they just keep to themselves. Like they're going to party. But if you don't talk to them and they don't talk to you, you're fine. Yeah. But the times that they do want to talk to you, and especially since I work with my mom. So like I hear yeah. everything and I'm just like, bro, shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, We've man, had to call the cops it's a few crazy, times. dude. Yeah, it's crazy, but like nuts. No, but that's crazy. But also think about it this way: like we don't sit down. You probably do because you fucking do it every day. But like I don't sit down and think, damn. I got to thinking about funeral stuff. I like, you know, we joke around. I have a kiddo. I'm I'm 40 years old, and you know, I'm not a kiddo, but I'm far from it. My dad works at a cemetery, so I've always been around that stuff. You know, I always make yeah. the joke. I'm like, man, just put me in a fucking Folgers can and then split <laughs> me up amongst people. And leave that shit like just because I hear so much craziness that happens with yeah. like legit like bodies and burials and yeah. and that how they so the cost right not to poo poo what yeah. you do because that shit's like expensive right yeah and like oh. I've been hearing stuff recently that they want you to go to space now it's cheaper to go to space uh, with your body apparently it's like fifteen grand to go to space and then they send you into space and you just end up in space floating around so, oh my god you know. they want to track <laughs> to see what happens with bodies like. It's a weddle thing, but they, they put bodies in the <laughs> sea now. Like they'll they'll drop a yeah. casket into the water. And I was like, you like, bitch, that's metal. Yeah. Like, that's just gonna sit yeah. there and rust. Like there's gonna be a <laughs> crab living in it. I was like, why? Why do burials at sea? Like I get it, but like put, wrap them in a cloth then and drop yeah. them. But that's how you get sharks. Like yeah. take the battle. True. Yeah. Yeah, or they want to do like organic body donation. So you put them and then you turn in a fertilizer and then you drop them off. Yeah. That costs more than a funeral. And they don't really. Yeah. Oh. They're like, oh, they're like, you got to do it. They just take you out. They compost you. I was like, it costs minimum $15,000. I didn't know I'll that. Go to space. Minimum. <laughs> go right. To space. Or do a cremation. Like, cremation's bad yeah. for the air, right? But yeah. burning a body is better than the chemicals that. So if like the way I always tell my wife, if I'm gonna go, if I go, direct cremation, take the urn home and do a celebration with the urn. No one has yeah. to touch me. No one needs to see me. <laughs> like put up a picture, make yeah. everyone buy a comic on the way out, and that's hey. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's up? Yeah. yeah, there's a gift What's shop. <laughs> yeah, force them yeah. to read it in front of the yeah. thing. Like yeah, yes, but like. That's and you have to hold the comic, it. man, that it's unreleased until the date yeah. when you pass. That's when it's released. Oh, my God. Oh. It's just me ranting oh, about stuff. Just, you talking <laughs> shit up to everybody. It's the final oh. manifesto. It's like a burn book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's your All burn book. I'm holding it. Everybody. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I should do that. I'm going to work on yeah, that. Be fun, man. <laughs> I told my wife the same thing. I'm like, hey, look, just burn me. No, I told yeah. my kid. I was like, look, put my brain into an AI and then burn oh. my body. Have you ever missed me? Just open the program dad.exe and then yeah. just, just load me up and just get some words of wisdom from me and then just turn me off because I can get annoying, you know? Yeah. Uh, or listen to this I'm very podcast. Much, you know, that'll... Yeah. I'm very much like, I to give as much of my body to science as possible. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the rest, burn it, but have a three-day party. Like, you can cry about it, but we need a party. <laughs> so the, the place I work at Monday through Friday is a body donation center for science. Oh. Uh, so we yeah. do that. There, there's 
it's not as crazy as people think. So every time there's like an article, like they found 32 bodies at this place. I'm like, that's just a shitty place. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I was like, but like the place we do is for all of Illinois. And like, it's always something crazy. Like I'll get calls from people and they're like, I want to donate a kidney. I was like, I can't help you with that, man. Like, it's not what we do here. And yeah. they're like, well, what if I just go and drop dead at your door? I was like, I got to send you to the medical examiner. Like, yeah. you can't just come here to die. I was like, that's my job. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah, and there all sorts of crazy people. Cause like I answer oh the God. phones all the time. So like I answer it and I'm talking to them and they're just like, well, I want to donate my uncle to science. And I was like, okay. I tell them what they like. You got to fill out these two forms. You got to get a funeral home to bring you. So they give you the death certificates. That's it. Uh, you're with us for two years. Then we cremate you and we send the cremates home free of charge. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I want to do that. And I'm like, well, you have to pay the funeral home for the death certificates and to bring you because we can't do it. They got to do it. And they're like, how much is it? I was like, I don't know where you live. Call a funeral home. And then they'll call me back. They're like, it's $500. I was like, that's nothing, man. Like, yeah, that rip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, okay, fine. I'll do it. And they're always mad because like, I don't want to keep trashing white people. But like, <laughs> but when, it comes to death, but... <laughs> when it comes to death, they're cheap as hell. They're mm-hmm. just like $700 to cremate. They're like, no. And then they like do a burial at sea or some shit. And yeah. then like, yeah, it's always something crazy. Cause like I tell them it's this much They're like, well, he didn't have insurance. I was like, you're making your loved one pay for their own funeral. Yo, for real. Yeah. I was like, help man. And they're like, what am I going to do? Like have like a wake. I was like, do you love them? You said it, was it always awful. turns into Good. their problem, not so oh. much a mourning. Yeah, you know, I always start the calls with, I am so sorry for your loss. Yeah. yeah. And when it's a Mexican, there's a pause crying, and then mm-hmm. they get back to it. Other ethnicities are kind of the same. Sometimes they're meaner about it, but I'm like, all yeah. right. With what else? It's usually like, yeah. They're yeah. Nice. Okay. Anyway, so what's the cost? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. One, I can hear the, ordering I can hear the drive through it, order. Yeah. I hear yeah. the order. A lot of yeah. times I'll hear them be like, uh, black grande just, and then what do you want? Okay. And then they order. <laughs> I just hear like strawberry refresher and then back on the phone. <laughs> Not the refreshers. <laughs> oh, strawberry it's refresher and bottle here, fluid so. is the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Oh. That's fucking yeah. funny, man. Nuts. No, it, it, you're right. It is. Yeah. No, those bolillos, we call them here in Texas, you know, those gavachos, whatever, but. <laughs> Uh, I, I work in insurance. Also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'll no. say it real quick. I work in insurance. So car accidents, you know, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And people say things like, oh, yeah, well, uh, where's the car? Oh, it's an impound. And I'm ahead. I'm like, oh, there was a fatality. That's there's a yeah. bio issue there because the body's inside the vehicle. was, you know, there's stuff yeah. there. And these people are at Burger King with their kids in the car. And, and then they're like, yeah, so he was he was it was really bad. There was blood everywhere, but I'm just trying to see what my rate's gonna be now. And it's like uh I'm gonna call you back. and you know yeah. they're like, no, 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 no. I'm just I'm just checking, checking, just calling around trying to get my new my new quote, my new rate for the year. And I was like, uh, uh okay. It just so, so throws me off. And people yeah. they don't care. We had one mm-hmm. where it was uh a, a a guy died, a husband died. The wife was completely in shock because it was super sudden, right? The guy got shot, leaving his house, getting into his car because they were trying to carjack him. The carjacking didn't happen. The guy fought him off, but he was still killed. He had two kids. 
So everyone's uh, crying. Like the mom's crying, the kids are crying. I'm crying. Like yeah. it's bad. There's a fight in the parking lot. So like I gotta go. I gotta see what's going on. I go. There's two uncles arguing because one of the other brothers already took the car that they were attempting to steal and was putting it under his name. Because he was wow. like, well, I paid for part of the funeral, so I get the new F-150 that he had. And I was like, Look. his wife needs it to get to work. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. My, my man hasn't even been put to rest yet. No. Like, like people oh are crying God. in there. He and put the like, gas oh. in the tank that he's going to drive off with. Yeah. Fuck, dude. And or the, like the Mexicans with every time someone dies and I just hear like the uncles in the corner all pissed off. I was like, they're not mad at me, but they're mad at somebody. So uh -huh. I walk by and I hear him say like, if if Gilberto thinks he's getting the terrenos, like he's he's it's wrong. About the terrenos, man. Yeah, Nine. yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and my mom and my grandpa are going through something similar, like figuring out their shit. And I was like, for the love of God, mm -hmm. figure it out before he dies, because I <laughs> I got five. My mom's got five brothers and a sister. Oh man! And I was like, "Listen to me, figure this out." Because my grandma's got no spine, so she will crumble at the first sign yeah. of pressure. I was like, mm -hmm. "And my mom's right in the middle." So there's like a bunch of boys, my mom, and then more boys and my tia. I was like, "You guys are getting nothing. Wow. Like, figure this out." Yeah. And now that my mom does all the funeral stuff, she's like, "We got to talk this out amongst the family while people are living." Because the moment yeah. they die, it's just like I get his share, and then everyone starts yeah. screaming. But they're like, no, in 1998, I gave him $50 to make a mixtape, <laughs> so he never paid me back. So because of inflation, he because owes me $30,000 now. No! So that's his cut of the terreno. Hey, man. So CNC Music Factory recorded off the radio is oh. still a hot commodity, apparently. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it, no, for you real? Know, man, you know what he was going through, a dark time. <laughs> Something two yeah. people oh, call that, God. you know, uh, oh. priceless. You know? They'll be like, remember how he got that new caddy? Who gave him the $2,000 down for it? I was like, wow. in 96? Suddenly, everyone's like, busting out receipts. It's everyone. like, my God. Not Damn, one photo man. of their kids in their wallet, but they got a receipt from when they got you Duncan in 93. Right? Yeah. Fucking A, man. That's some shit. Like, you're right, John. Like, you, you don't think about that, right, Elia? Like, yeah. oh, shit, someone's really going to come up behind me and go, Remember that one time when I took her to the doctor when your leg was broken and you couldn't drive yeah. her? And it's like, okay, so you so, and they be, but you're right. It's shitty, man. Someone's gonna show because up and be shitty. like, hey, remember Freddie had all those hats that I liked them. I know, man. You think I could get one? And then they're gonna come and take a hat out of your house while you're gone. Like oh, that's no, man. these people are crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna bronze on my hats so no one can wear them. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> No, they'll burn oh with God. me in, inside the the kill, the fucking oven. Yeah, them all with me. They'll do it. They're gonna come they'll with. They'll do me. it. They'll do it. Well, John, it's always fun, man. Uh, definitely yeah. love talking about your work and your books, and and of course, I know you got more stories, man, because you do weddings too. So I'm betting those things are wild. Um, We're just gonna have but, part uh, three we'll take a later little... down the road. <laughs> definitely, we'll take a little break, Primos. <laughs> yeah. so stay tuned, and here's some more sin color. Cumbia. La vida sigue, la gente llora, el zapato vuela junto a tu boca, la gente cruza, los carros chocan, y uno todo y no. 
Primos, thanks so much for staying tuned. And of course, here we are back uh, to our final segment of the show. Uh, kind of what we're obsessed or hyper-focused on this week. And Elia, let's start with you. What is it this week oh, that has God. us consumed, besides One Piece, because you're all about that One Piece. But uh, that's, what are you into? <laughs> what's going on? I, um, I hate to say it. I'm sorry. That's all I've consumed this week because I've been so busy with work. But, but I got to Joy Boy. And I cried. Oh, you got there. I got to Joy did Boy. You... Okay, is it everything you expected? <sighs> I Okay, so I know the fandom, like, part of the fandom did not like the way it was handled. I have no notes with how it was done. I love the style that Joy Boy brings to the world. That's all I'll say. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm very happy I made it to this point in the show. I've never... Like, I, I can't I, I can't complain about how long a series is anymore now that I've watched One Piece, you know, like, <laughs> but no, hopefully but yeah, next week I'll watch something else since I got to Joy Boy already. Like you will never watch anything else, but you watch all of One Piece. But there you go. No well, because I'm the type of person that, like, I have to watch a show all the way through before I start another one. Unfortunately, One Piece lasts, like, 10 years, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it, it's fun. Uh, yeah. John, what about you, man? What 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 have you into this week, or just in general? Like, man, you're obsessed about this. Like, what is it? Yeah, right now I'm actually reading the Return of uh, Kamazos. Hey, I know yeah. that guy. Yeah. yeah, I've been checking it out. Like, it's good. So that's been like my go-to right now. I'm actually reading what uh, I'm writing a manga, so I've been <gasps> reading a lot of it. So I just started One Piece. Oh, so you just yeah, started that, One Piece? Hold on, I just hey. started One Piece. <laughs> Take a deep breath Enjoy. because, like she said, <laughs> 10 years. Oh, it's a lot. Just started? Yeah. How far yeah, are you? Started, I, in the books, I'm on volume four. On the cartoon, I'm at The Whale. Oh. oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Good place to I be, was man. like, how are you guys going to make me care about this whale? And I'm like, I oh. care a whole lot. <laughs> the return yep. of Camazot is Rafael Flores Jr. Shout out, Rafael, because, uh, man, yeah. he's a great writer. A great mm-hmm. book man definitely i'm glad you got your copy you got your copy yeah um for me i'm gonna I'm, i've been watching a lot i've been watching dumb trash tv for some reason <laughs> uh, yes like and it's dumb but i've been uh, like obsessed with it me and my wife were like hey what can we just put on and sometimes when you just put something random on you get hooked and then you're like oh shit why am i watching this really good bad tv yeah. and that is going to be the rookie on ABC. It has yes. Nathan Nathan um Fillion in it. Fillion. Yeah. Fillion, thank you. And I was like, what is he a police officer? Dude, it's LAPD, but it's super over the top. Like, there's no fucking way that the LAPD is gonna let <laughs> a 45-year-old man join the force as a rookie, and then he ends up solving murders and drug busts. Oh like if they God. all fucking can do this. But I'm hooked because it is so trash. It is so, it's like gummy bears wrapped in a yeah. Fruit Loop dipped in chamoy. Like it's like, yeah, yeah this is this is hey. all the garbage that we shouldn't watch. But I'm obsessed with it. So yeah, I'll I'll put it out there. It's on Hulu, and like, I promise you, I'm like sitting there going, and my wife, I'm like, why am I watching this? I know she's not gonna die, but I have to keep watching. <laughs> but yeah, that's been my obsession. Okay, <laughs> yeah, um. But, Primos, we hope that you enjoyed the show tonight. I want to thank John Avina, of course, Avina Comics. John, please give everybody your socials, your website, where everybody can follow you. 
uh, avenacomics.com. You can buy the comics. Uh, we we put up our interview section so you can see my last visit if you guys haven't checked it out on there too. Um, and then on TikTok, at Avena Comics, uh, Instagram, at Avena Comics, and on Patreon.com slash Avena Comics. Heck yeah. Awesome, Y'all go awesome, to that Patreon. Awesome. Support Definitely. Elia, what about you? Have anything happening? Anything you want to promote? Well, um, I'm doing my charity streams every Friday starting tomorrow, which this will be in the past when this is up, but uh, every Friday in February, uh, raising money for the American Heart Association. I'm doodling cursed toy hybrids for donations. So come join the cursed tea party fun. And then beginning of March, uh, I think it's the second weekend of March, I will be in Austin uh, as will Freddie, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. For the BIPOC lab, uh, thrown by Dr. Aldama. Professor Latinx. He's in the pop lab. Latinx. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, did you guys see the uh, the trailer for X Men '94 or '97? Yes. Not yet, not yet. Yes. But I. But I no, dude. Yeah, go watch it. You're gonna lose your mind because you, you love that old okay. animation. Yeah. You're gonna love okay. it. You're gonna love it. Done. So good. Um, but for us here, of course, Primos know you can follow us at My Primos Podcast, myprimospodcast.com. You have all our episodes, all about us, Elia, Kevin, Chikume. Of course, all our interviews, all our posts, everything's on there for you guys to follow us. We appreciate every one of you guys. I want to thank, of course, Sincolor for providing all the music on the show. Uh, enjoy her, of course, at Sincolor Music. And Primos, remember, no matter where you're from, we're all Primos. Adios. <laughs>